Good morning. I'm going to do a final part on Malchus, part three, in the series that we've been going through, Seder Shtaushlus. So the Esa Sfiris, we went through every Sfira, Chach Mabina, and now, as we mentioned, the more Chach Mabina Das, Chesed Gurit Teferis, Netzach Ejisid, and Malchus. So Malchus, of course, requires uh, three shiurim is, uh, is also a bit symptom to really cover the whole uh, discussion of it. But I think I try to do more to Machzik Amaruba to try to condense it into a few key points. I want to just conclude with a few uh, other elements. Being that it's also, it was standing at the end of the nine days and um, Tisha B'Av coming, so as I mentioned last week, Chassidus explains, based on the Sefi Yitzira, that says, Eser v'lei teisha, Eser v'lei achadosa. That there's only ten spheres, ten, not nine, and not eleven. Um, which immediately jumps out to the number nine, um, because Tisha B'av and the Tisha Yom, the nine days, is nine. So what's lacking? Malchus. In the language that we're so accustomed with, especially in the Rebbe's words in the first Maim of Baslagani, so the Deir Ashvi, what is its role? Similar to Moshe's role in his Deir Ashvi from Avram, to bring the Shekhinah betachtein, that there were the seven Rikim, that the Stalkus HaShekhinah through Chet Eitzadas, and then the subsequent generations, and Avram reversed the process. And the last step is taken from Rikia HaShvi, or Rikia HaRishin, Rikia HaShvi, into the Oretz. And that's the role of Malchus. So the Beis Amigdash associates with Malchus because it's the bridge in the language that we're so familiar with, Atzilus to Biyah. So Malchus is always the bridge. And we discussed at length why it's called Malchus, what it is in Midas Adam, Remus, self-esteem, the Malchus Dekai that a person feels, and Malachim Heim, Bnei Malachim Heim, and and other, other aspects of Malchus, we discussed also Mashpia Mekabal, the Malchus in the Keva, and Zohar is uh, the Zohar, the Chosin is Zah, Yichud Zun is Yichud Zah, Malchus is the Yichud of Shimsha, Vesir, the sun and the moon, and that gives the birthing that creates the next world, Biyah. So we also talked about Tamlichuni Alechem, the idea of crowning God as Malach, what that means especially in Rosh Hashanah. And now, I've talking also, Malchus also represents the Elias Yeridis, like the moon, because Malchus is essentially associated with the Levana, that the Levana goes through its phases, and since Yisrael, Damon the Levana, Amen the Levana, we're similar to the moon. We're compared to the moon, and we count by the moon. That's how we count Zman, through the month, through the Chedesh HaZelachem, through the months. So the moon goes through Shinuim all the time. And the same thing, Am Yisrael, when it goes through ups and downs. And just at the point that we see in history, Rahman al-Islam, we were about to become extinct. Literally like the moon diminishes to the point you don't see any moon. So there's Leda Salavana, the Leda, the birth of the new moon, which is Rishchidosh, which is why we celebrate Rishchidosh. And the 15th of the month, which is the full moon, always represents Shlemus, that's why Pesach and Sukkot and Purim are all on the 15th. And, at, and, and as well as going from Tisha B'Av into Hamisha Asr is also the 15th. 
as Arizal explains, because it's the Aliyah HaMalchus. Malchus at its fullest is when it's facing the Shemesh. In the language of Chassidus, it is um, equal to the Shemesh then, and that is the Yichud Shimsha Vesira, the total Yichud. When the moon is a new moon, it's just the beginning, it's just the birth of it, or the other phases of the moon. So I want to, taking that, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that. If any of you learned Ayin Bey's Fcheli Gimel, right in the beginning, and this is brought in other places as well, he quotes from Meitz Chaim that, uh, there, that there are seven f- stages of, of Malchus in connect, context to the Shemesh. And they all refer to the stages in history where we were both in times of Geula, so the, the Shemesh and the Levona is on a higher level, that's Malchus on a higher level, and when, the, when we're state of Golis, Malchus is on a lower level. So I'm not going to go through all seven here, because it's a little complicated, but essentially, to using the language of the Yitzchayim and the way the Antar Rebbe explains it, it essentially comes down to just using a moshul, let's use the moshul of a mashpi makabel, that when you have a teacher and a student, so what's the best scenario possible? is when the teacher is mukusha connected to the student and the student to the teacher, and there's a flow that doesn't have any hefzik, doesn't have any concealment, and it's just flowing back and forth beautifully. To the point that that a student can actually even become equal the student can become, the moon can become like the sun. So the concept of what we know we learn in Chumash and that the fourth day of creation, it says that he to create two great luminaries, and then it says will, will shine by day, and by night. So of course the Gemara and Chulun asked the question, he just said why is it So now we know the story, so the Gemara elaborates, because the Levana came and complained, complained to the Ebishter, he made two kings, two luminaries, and you can't have one, two, well, one crown for two kings. You have to decide who's the king. So the Ebishter said, that's the case. Go diminish yourself, and the king will be the son. The son will be the Mayur HaGadol, and you will become the Mayur HaKot. And then the Gemara continues, that the Ebishter then has Charata, he regrets it, and he says, that in Rishchidosh, you should bring a carbon. Now, why do we bring a carbon? A carbon here is a carbon chatos, which is on a chet, on a sin. What's the sin? So the sin here is the Ebishter's kavyochel sin. Bring for me an atonement because because I diminish the moon. Which itself is an interesting thing. If the Ebishter didn't want to diminish the moon, he shouldn't diminish the moon. Why did he diminish it and then say, bring a kapara for me? Since Rabiel's Yartzeit was just, uh, what was it, yesterday? So I remember Rabiel once called me. I was out, out of the country, so he left me a message on the phone. And, uh, on all my phones, to be honest. When I got back from Israel, I was in Israel. So I met him and I said, what is it? I saw it was so urgent, you left messages. He said, nothing, nothing. It's not my joke he wanted to share with me. That was his way of bonding. So, uh, so I said, insisted, what's the joke? He says, over his money, that doesn't matter. Anyway, I pushed him, I pushed till he told me the joke. The joke was on this Gemara, that there was a Rosh Hashiva, not a Chassidish Rosh Hashiva, a real Litvak, 
who was teaching this Gemara in Chulun, Afsamach Hamid Beis, and uh, he came and asked the question, what's the Hadviya like Kapora, Kormachatas, which is what you bring on a Chet, on a Shegek. Um, uh, the Hebrew did it, it So it should be been a Korban Oshem. Why did he bring the Korban Chatas? So the Rosh Hashiva came up with a great innovation. This is what Biel tells him. He says, the Rosh Hashiva says, what's meant to the Hebrew of the God would do such a thing, it had to be B'Shegek. So, however you, that's a joke he shared with me. Anyway, um, getting back to the Gemara, so this whole, everybody wonders what kind of Gemara What's the meaning of this Gemara? The whole thing is strange. That first, he, that first he creates Shnimei Sagdel. Then the, the, moon, the moon comes and complains. So the Abish says, oh, you complain? Okay, you diminish yourself. And then the Abish still goes back and says, no, bring a kapara for me. And then we know that the Levana will come back to its full glory. And Chassidus explains that the will be Kishivatayim, seven times as big. But then, Chassidus explains, especially in the Maimar I quoted in Ayin Beis, that actually the Levana will be even higher than the Shemesh. Because Aliyah Samalchus will be even higher than Zah. In the language that we're familiar with again, the Shaman is Unis Minaguf. That the Kalim, the root of Malchus, and it will be Eshes Chayla Teres in the cave to save of Govet. So what's going on here? The whole thing sounds, is, is it higher? Is it lower? And was it Kapod? So there's actually, my modem that talk about this at length, is uh, the Al-Tareb has a mind with Semach Tzedek and Neira Tereb and Bereshis elaborates on it and actually Rabbi Isaac Homer has a whole sefer just on this. You may be familiar with the sefer Shnei Meiris It's called Shnei Meiris Rabbi Isaac Homer has a whole sefer just on this Gemara to explain at length what's going on here. So I want to sum it up because it's really the whole Yisod of, of everything really. And here you see how Malchus plays such a central role in the whole Bria and Tachlis Bria and everything. So the truth is that Malchus represents a paradox, the very paradox of existence. And that is that on one hand we know Eneid Muvade. Eneid, there's nothing but Ebersht. It's Klot. And in the language of Chesidus, Lifniat Simpson, that was every, there was no other possibility. Now remember, Lifniat Simpson doesn't mean in Zman, in time. Lifniat Simpson exists right now. It just means conceptually lifting at Simpson that level. So there's a level right now, if you're aware from that of Das Elyon, from that perspective, there's nothing but Elokus. We can't really identify with it the Hergish. The Rebbe once wrote Nasikh, uh, remember I prepared in Pishpotim Memdal, the Rebbe wrote, Eneid Movade Besechel. We don't feel it. So we don't feel it. We even know it makes sense. Alakus Bipshitis. If Alakus is Tachlis Emes, the world is Alma de Shikra. So it's not that the world is a dimyan, Chaz Rosham, the Ebersh, the created Breshe's butter, but we don't see, like he says in Tanya, Shariyech, Ramona, Beferish, Ilan, Nitla, La'ayan, Lirais, if we were able to see the Dvar Hashem that is constantly creating the world from Yashmayan, everything would become butter. So the Ebersh concealed it from us, which we call the Tzimtzum. So there's another perspective where we don't see the Elokus, but the truth is that's the truth. So here's the paradox. If that's the real truth, so what is our truth? Not emes? Or yes, emes. So if you said it's a dimi and chazrusholem, that's one thing. But you can't say it's a dimi because then that whole tater mitzvah becomes also a chmona l'slan a dimi. The bresh is bodil akim. 
As the Rebbe Marash explains in the famous Mayim Mikamoicha, Tafrish Chavtes, how do we know there's a world? How, how, how do we talk know it's not a demon, an illusion? Because the Ebishter said, Bresh is but a lakim. The Ebishter himself said in the Teda that he created the world. So the same Emes of the Elikus said that he created the world. He brings the second eye from uh, Kishutim, from Machiza Sanaim, the difference between a magician and a, a Machashef. So the Gemara is a big difference. A magician is just sleight of hand. A machashif is someone who actually can change something and do something miraculous. So if it was all a dimyan, there wouldn't be the dinim of Kishif altogether. Everything is a dimyan. Anyway, point being is, there's existence. So the tzimtzum really comes to reconcile that the Ebrister concealed, like he explains in Tanya there, Hashem Hashem Alekim, the Ebrister conceals. The same Ebrister that created the world also concealed his presence. That's also part of Elokos. <clears throat> so if you think about it, there's a constant uh, tension here. You can put it a tension between the reality of Tassel, you know, the reality of the truth of Eneid Malvade, and on the other hand, our reality where we begin life, everything is concealed. We're sitting right here in this room, wherever you may be, you don't see Elokos, you don't feel Elokos. You can be misbeinen, you can contemplate on it, it makes sense, nothing creates itself. But you see a table, you don't see the Dvar Hashem inside the table, or whatever else object you're looking at. So the truth is, that when you just talk about, and say, let's say, the world of Atzillus, which says, yes, that's a world that is aware of godliness. Think of a tzaddik, a rebbe, 24-7, the office, hein hein their whole mitzvah was completely aligned with Elokus. There was nothing else. The Alter Rebbe would fall asleep or take a nap automatically Friday afternoon because he was Beduk Mishalmaila. He was aligned. Lamaila, there's Dormita de Zah. Zah goes into a type of sleep. So the Alter Rebbe automatically, being below, he was Beduk Mishal above, Kegavan de Leila. Rab Hillel would go lie down because he knew that's the time. And he went and did it deliberately. He had to do it with Ratz. In, in Indian, Atzadah doesn't even have to look at a calendar to know it's Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, or Tisha B'Av for that matter, because he feels it in the air. When Al-Tareb was in prison, we know that he knew what hour it was, day and night, based on the Tzirufim. Now that requires someone who's completely aligned, his consciousness is aligned completely with uh, Godliness. But the rest of us are not in that level. So which Svira of all the Sviras captures this that's Malchus. Because Malchus is both on one hand has tremendous power, but on the other hand, it doesn't have anything of its own. So when we talk about Neshamis Yisrael, or sometimes the expression Knesset Yisrael, you'll always see Knesset Yisrael, that's the sphere of Malchus. And it's exactly this paradox. The sun is a, always a brilliant, bright, bright sun. The clouds can cover it up, but the sun is always shining. Even though it goes through shinuim, small changes and sun flares and stuff like that, but the sun is consistent. My shank in the moon is, as I said, its reflection to the earth is always different. Every day it changes, because the moon, because like the like the levon, the levona, the malchus and and the Eden that are daimon levona, main levona, also are going through changes all the time. Here we were in Golis Mitzrayim. And had we stayed one more second, we would never be able to get out of that God-forsaken place. And then suddenly, and we're freed. Here we are, Holocaust, 
that took a third of our people, and who knows what could have happened, Achman al-Islam, if it continued. And then, a little while later, a few years later, the Jews are experiencing a renaissance. And here we are today. Who would have imagined after everything we went through? So you constantly see, Shehem HaSidin L'Shadish Kamesam, that the Levona and the Eden are very similar in that sense. There's a constant up and down, waxing and waning. This is the essence of Malchus. So if all the Sviris, which Sviris, if you wanted to look at, mirrors, mirrors and reflects the, the Matzav HaElam, it's Malchus. So that's why in Chassidus you'll find the language. It's Matzav, this, this, the level of Malchus will define where we're at. When, Mal, when in the time of Giluim, time of Geula, or time of Beis Amigdash, Malchus is shining full glory. In the time of deepest Golis, Malchus is Betachus Ahelam. So then when you look at it that way, then going back to the seven levels, so the Eitz Chaim explains that Malchus has seven different stages as it relates to the Mashpi and the Makabal. I think a good example can come from Abhil's famous Maimed, Abhil Parashat. So there's a Maimed that's uh, been printed, I think, recently. It's called Issa B'Psikta. It's connected to this time of the year. The Rebbe quotes it in Chlokud Sichas Chelik Beis and later Sichas in Tavshinun and Nun Aleph um, and Nun Beis, I think, as well. Um, so it's a very interesting Maimed. The Maimed is on the Psikta that speaks about uh, the Tlosa de Paranusa, the Shiva de Nechemta, and the Tarte de Tiyufta. So the Gemara says that Maftirin, what's Maftir? Maftir was due to the Gzeda that the Romans for, forbade learning Tere. So the Eden came up with a Chachma that, okay, we don't learn Tere. Tere Shabiksav, meaning Chumash. But we learned Tanakh. And that's when the Haftere began. So they read every week, not the Parsha, because that was not allowed. So they read Me'ein HaParsha every week. So something that was in this theme of Breshis, theme of Noyach, etc. So Haftere, they found Haftere somewhere in the, in the Nevi'im. That's what they read. When the Gzeda was over, just as a, a parenthetically, as a footnote, why do we read Haftere? Because by Eden, we never stop something that's good, even though the Gzeda was over. So Botla Gzeda, Botla, so Botla Tam, Botla Gzeda. Nevertheless, we continue reading Daftera every week. Alter Rebbe brings in Shulchan Aruch. Akoponim, so the Gemara says, accept a few weeks. So every week you read Daftera's Me'ein HaParsha, except sometimes during the year when we read Me'ein HaMu'ura, or Me'ein, which is the events that happened then, and which is the classic one, the Tlosa the Paranusa, the three weeks, which we're now concluding, the weeks between Shivasa Batamas and Tishabov, there's Tlasla Paranusa since it's the time of Khurban. So we read three Haftaras that talk about the destruction of the Bais Amigdash. It's not about the theme of the Parsha. Even though the Shalor writes there is a connection because everything's Ashwach Pratis, but it's not openly the theme of the Parsha. And as a matter of fact, if let's say Parsha Pinchas falls out of the three weeks, we read a different Haftar. So that's Tlasa the Paranusa, followed by Shiva the Nechemta, starting with Shabbos Nachmu Veshanon all the way till Rosh Hashanah, seven weeks. So those are seven Haftaris all about Nechama, because every week we read about the consolation and Nechama and the comforting Nachamu Nachamu Ami and all the other six Haftaris theme is Nechama. And that leads to Rosh Hashanah and between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is Shuvah. So Tarte de Tiyufta, two Haftaris, Shuvah Yisrael, and depending when uh, the second Haftar between Rosh Hashanah, between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, the theme is tshuva. 
So there you have 12 weeks that the themes are not from the parsha, but from the mu'ur, the event. So the psikta says this in Medrash, and, uh, and Rabbi Hillel has a maimer that the Rebbe writes, Kenirits, Miyusis, on the Samach Tzadik's maimer, and he explains the whole thing in Apichsidis. Uh, and briefly what he says is that, uh, what is the three, the seven, and the two? So obviously it jumps out right away. Three is the Chabad, Meichen. Seven is the seven Midas. And the two, as he explains, is the Hamshochah Samidas, either Malchus going down to Biyah, or, or Keser, the Aliyah Samalchus to Keser. And what is, what's the connection of, of, of the connection? So he gives a Moshel. And the Rebbe uses this Moshel. It's a very powerful Moshel. I'm sure you've heard it if you already learned the Kutisichas. The Moshel goes like this. A teacher wants to teach a student. And uh, he's being Megal, you know. So the teacher has to be Mitzamtzim, has to limit the flow of his ideas. And he shares with, with his Talmud. <clears throat> then suddenly the teacher has a chuka, has a yearning to, uh, of love, deep love, like we learned in the Gersakei, the Simen Tezvav, the Iskashas of the Rav to the Talmud, that in that moment, he suddenly wants to reveal to the Talmud a whole new Chiddush, an unprecedented revelation and innovation that he has never taught him before. So what does the teacher do? So in order to prepare himself to, to teach this new thing, he has to step back. So he falls quiet, he falls silent. And suddenly he's not being mashpia anymore. He's preparing himself to give the student something far greater. Whenever, when you're giving somebody something that's lefiyadach, you don't need to stop, you, st- you keep flowing. But if you want to reach, uh, give someone something really big, you have to go back. It's like where like, Chassidus uh, brings the example of a bow and arrow. The farther you want to throw, shoot it, the further back you have to pull. So the teacher goes back inside himself in order to prepare himself to give his great chiddush to the student. So for this moment now, the student doesn't hear the teacher speaking. So it's silence. So from the student's point of view, he feels the teacher may have abandoned him. Maybe the teacher doesn't care anymore. Because he's smiling, he's not, he's not saying anything. So the student can make the mistake and think that this helm is really a helm. Not Bishvil Agili, but the, the teacher is not, doesn't care. The teacher is now distracted or moved on. So the, the Rabbi Hill brings the Moshul and says, and the Rebbe recites it, that the Nimshal is that after the Churm Beis Amigdash, the Ebishter wanted to prepare the Gu'ula Amitiz Vashleim and the Binyan Beis Amigdash Ashlishi, which is Shalei Be'er greater than the first and second Beis Amigdash, because both of those stood 410 years, 420 years, Govet Godli Yebais Ha'achlin, but they still, at the end of the day, had limit. Bais Ashlishi will be Migdash Adnei Keni Yedecha, a bias needs forever and ever. So preparing for this gula is the golos, is the concealment. The teacher is concealing everything in order to prepare for a far bigger gili. It's an interesting twist in it. In other words, the concealment is not an enish and a punishment, which is what we may think it is. It's actually preparing for something much greater. That's Abhil's moshal. And the Rebbe brings it, so, 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 and the vote is like this then. So the three weeks, we always see it as Trosa the Paranusa, which means it's God's way, retribution for the Chatoim and the destruction. And here the Trosa is Chabad. The Ebrist is going back, Elikus is going back from Zoh into Meichen. The teacher is going back into his deeper Chabad in order to prepare even greater Gili. That's why it's three weeks. The three correspond to Chochmah bin Adas, 
But Chacham bin Adasin, Derech Ali and Siluk, because the teacher is going back into inside himself before he's going to reveal. And then comes followed by seven weeks of Shiva the Nechemta, which is the seven Midas. And now he's bringing from the Chabad Hamshachas Mechen into Midas, which is Hamshachah from a higher Gili now, coming into the Shiva the Nechemta. So even though it's not yet the Gula, but the, Nech- the seven weeks of Nechoma is a taste of the Gula. Nachamu Nachamu Ami. And like the, the Avudraham brings that the seven weeks is like a conversation between the Ebrist and the Eden. Where the Abishter says here sends the Novi and the Novi says Nachmu Nachmu Amin. The, the Jews come back to the Abishter and say, "Why are you sending a Novi?" And then the Abishter says, "You're right." So the whole seven weeks is really a back and forth conversation, and essentially it's really to put it in the language we we're speaking earlier, is the seventh week is Malchus. That's the end that goes right into Rosh Hashanah, which is Kamachtoras Hamelach. So the Amshach of Meichin. Goes into first Chesed is the first week of the Shiva and Nechemta, then Gvura, Teferes Netzach Chayyusayd, as he explains there and other places, and the seventh week Pasha Nitzavim, which was always read before Rosh Hashanah, is the week of Malchus. The week of Malchus because that's the conclusion of the Hamshach. Now Ilu Zachinu, if we merited, it would actually bring straight to the Gula, as we discussed. That that's why the Gula is connected to Malchus Melech Hamashiach, Malchus Hamshachas Hamalchus. Gilead in this world. So that's how he explains. Then the Tartatiyufta is a little more complicated. I'm not going to go into Sonegeli and Enu, but he explains that that's Aliyah Samalchus to the to Keser, which consists of two, Atik and Arich. So the context here of all of this is that Malchus is, at the end of the day, both the worst and the best of history. The worst, because Malchus represents less Lamagamoklum, that when complete darkness, like the moon when it's completely diminished. And on the other hand, it is the moon that has the greatest aliyah, that is even higher than the Shemesh. So going back to the story in the Gemara and Chulun, what the story is really going on here is like this, um, briefly again, is that the Shnei Ma'eris Agdelim, the Ebesh created is two Hamshachas. One is the Eir HaMashpiyah and Eir HaMakabal, which is Shemesh and Levon, Zah and Malchus. In truth, both of them are equal hamshachas. In the language of Chassidus, the Hebrews says, Yecholte lahoyer, Yecholte shaloy lahoyer. The power to give light and the power to not give light, the power to receive, are both keiches of the Hebrews. They're, they're equal. They're both Hebrews' powers. However, in Giluyim, the Shemesh, the Mashpias, is, is, is brighter. So the Levona its power was equal to the power of the Shemesh, right? In the beginning of creation. That's why Shnei Meir Sagdel. But it's not Shnei Meir Sagdel that there were two suns. It was a sun and a moon. It was Edom Ashpia and Edom Akab. So if someone asks you a question, what's more powerful? When you see uh, Talmud Chochem, a scholar who's teaching and being Megala, his ideas, or he's exercising restraint and he's concealing himself. Which is stronger? So initially we think his ability to give. That's not true. A person who's a smart person and has something to say, it requires more kayach and more to restrain himself than to give. Think about it. Sometimes you're in a situation and people are discussing or arguing about something and you have something good to say. It's not easy to control yourself and not say it. Why? Because you have an opinion you want to say it and you may even be right. So the power to withhold is always deeper than the power to, cons- to reveal. But, but in Giluim, Giluim is Giluim. So the Levona 
in its, well, we won't say a mistake that it made, the Levana wanted also to have Giluyim. So the Levana says you can't have one king with two crowns. Or you can't have two kings with one crown, I should say. Which means the Levana also wanted the Giluyim. It didn't appreciate that you have another power, which is, to use the language of Zohar Nekeva, that the, that the quality of a Zohar, a Mashpia, is in Hashpa, in Gili. The quality of the Makabal is not, people think a Makabal is just a passive entity that's just sitting around waiting to be Makabal. No, Kabbalah, it takes also Aveda. It's Aveda Sabitl. And sometimes even deeper. So when you say, Kfudah Basmelech Pnima, what's stronger, Kfudah Basmelech Pnima or Ishdarke Lichbesh? So Ishdarke Lichbesh in Giluyim looks more powerful. The man is physically stronger. He can go out and be a conqueror. And that's his role. But what does the Gemara say? The Gemara says that the, the man goes out into the field and he works hard in the field and he brings in the grain, the chitim, and the woman makes from that challah. He brings tzemer or, uh, and, and she makes from it clothing. So you need both. You may be familiar with the famous sikha from the Rebbe Chav Beishvat Tov Shinun Beis. The Rebbe handed it out as well. It was called Kuntas B'chay Yavarech Yisrael. So there, there's a sikha that the Rebbe spoke in Nun Aleph um, about Chobay Shvat. It's a beautiful sikh about the name Chayim Mushke. And he explained that uh, in her name lies the, the whole purpose of uh, Isha. And he explained that the Kavon, of course, is Nisavakosh Baruch Aliyah Baruch Diri B'Tachtenim. So to make a Diri, you need two things. First, you need a shelter. You push a need to build a home that protects the family or whoever's living in the home from rain and from snow and from the elements, from wild animals. But that's more like Sur Merah. That's like that. And then you need to have a Dira Noah. So the Gemara says, Dira Noah Marchiva Daitashalot, my beautiful home. So when it comes to Dira Betachtenim, it's also true. One thing you need to do is Sur Merah and just have, simply take the Gashmizdika world and make sure it's not a Stiratelikus and not a Menagid. But then you need to beautify it. So we see Zekeli Van Veyu, that it should be a mezuzah no, a sefer no. That no is not just a superficial thing. The beautification is actually marchiv daiteshaladim, including Adam Elyon, because when you're in a home that's just a bare minimum, okay, so you have a roof over your head and a bed to sleep in. But when you have a beautiful home, it expands, it's expansive. That's why the Beis Amidish was built beautifully. The Rambam Paskins, we should do everything with a mitzvah beautifully. So the Rebbe said the name Chaya Mushke represents that. Chaya is bringing chayas into something, vitality. And Mushke is from the word mushak, or musket. It was one of the Yud Aleph Samamoni Hakteris, a beautiful aroma, a perfume. And that represents what's in the Kud that I'm bringing out here that the two energies, the Ebishtuk made is two energies. One is an energy of of aggression, of power. That's why a man is physically stronger. Because uh, the, 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 like Shemesh, the sun is more powerful than the moon. But if you talk about subtlety, beauty, uh, edelkeit, refinement, and gentleness is much deeper by Isha, in Malchus. And in this world that we live in, people don't appreciate that. We appreciate power. People in power, they're strong, they're aggressive. The truth is, the deepest power is the intimate power. That is, that is not so powerful, that's not so loud. What's, the Zayat asked the question, what's stronger? The Avedis, what's higher, the Avedis or Kahanim, that they were, Avedis was quietly in the Beis Amigdash, 
or the Aved of Lavim, that was Bashida with sing a song. So you ask, if I asked you, what's, what's more powerful, singing a song or being quiet? Most people would say singing a song is more powerful. It's, you hear a song, it's beautiful, everyone's singing. Sayer says, no, sound is never as strong as silence. That's why Yom Kippur, the Aved is Bechashoi. The Luchas Sashenish was with a lot of fanfare, Kalis of Rokim and everything. And it actually created a nine order and created a problem. Yom Kippur is a quiet day. So the fact that we in this world appreciate loudness and aggression doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's more powerful. It just means it looks more powerful. It's like, it's like what they say, the sizzle is more powerful than the steak. But, the, but that's just making more noise. That's just because somebody makes more noise doesn't make them more powerful. That's what the Rebbe emphasizes a lot when he talks about in uh, shlichas that are, the husband and wife are both partners in the shlichas but the woman does it through prima. so people think and misunderstand that means that she should be undercover and she should be in the kitchen and no one should see her that's not the point the point is there's an edelkeit the Rebbe speaks a lot about the hergish that in many ways that reaches deeper Dvorim and Alev reaches a lot louder than, uh, than, than if you re- yell at somebody even though yelling is louder because it reaches more beprimis so the point getting back to us, the difference between Malchus and Zoh in this context is Zoh is louder, so to speak, more Giluyim, Shemesh. So if you talk about pure firepower, yeah, the sun is more powerful than the moon. The light of the sun is more powerful, could be more destructive and also more beneficial. But never underestimate the power of the moon. Now, because there was a Tzimtzum addition, and that was Chassidus explains uh, that uh, the, Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe has a powerful mime called Al-Kain Yemiraham Aleph we explained because there was a Tzimtzum addition and a concealment like I said the paradox that God concealed himself as a result of that was the Mir Talavona so since there was a Tzimtzum the Mir Talavona didn't fully appreciate the Mila of its own strength Lavona saw the Lasan so in a way it got jealous it's like the Giluim. Why can't I be as, as bright as the sun? The real answer is, you are as bright. You're even brighter. Because you have a different power. But the moon did not recognize. Now, it's not a mistake of the moon. It's part of the Shei Dishtalshlus. Before Aveda Sa'odom, of the Tikkun of Pagama Levona, you first need to have the Tikkun, the, the, the Chsod. So just like there was a Tzimtzum, there was a Mir Talavona. And that led to what? The Abish is saying, okay, Lech now we won't see your power. It's very similar to what it says afterwards, which is also an interesting posuk. It says that after Chet Etzadas, what was the Einish of, of Chava? So it says one of them was, Hu Yimshelbach. That's an Einish, that was a punishment. What kind of punishment is that? Hu Yimshelbach, that the man will control her, the man will dominate over her? Is that a Maila? Is that a Chsodim? What is that exactly? And there are unfortunately husbands that use that posuk a lot to justify their behavior. So, but when I mean, you tell them, one second, that was an Einish, that wasn't exactly the way it was meant to be. You don't have to be mahadr in, uh, in the, in the, in the, the Einshim here. But what does it really mean? So Chassidus has a very interesting way of explaining it. It means like this. In our world, where materialism and chitzenius is so powerful, the truth is, malchus, is who, who gets hurt most in a world like this? A person who's vulnerable, a person who's fra- a person who's sensitive. You know, a person who's not sensitive, a person as aggressive, can make it out. It's like being a, a warrior. 
And that's why children, for example, who are vulnerable, are very vulnerable to this world. Because in a hostile world, people who are, don't have defenses, they don't have a fence, a, def- a defense can get hurt. That's not a mile, it's a chsod. So it says Chsidus is that even though Malchus is deeper than Zah, but through Golis and through the Helen, you need Zah to protect Malchus. Hu Yimshelbach doesn't mean to own or control, it means to protect. To protect Malchus until the day comes when Malchus will elevate and Aliyah Samalchus will be even higher than Zah. So, in other words, to use the language of Chsidus, which is higher, Oir or Yesh? So Eirein Sof is Me'ina Mo'er, of course, is the highest level. It's Megala Mamesh Alakus. Chassidus says, no, the Yesh is higher because the Yesh is rooted in, in Yesh Amiti, Mitzusim Atzmusi. So many different Sikhs from Agedas Akedus Simachov. So you say, oh, one second, the Yesh is rooted higher than the Oir. So what do we need Oir for? What do we need Giluyim for? It's exactly what Kedach Tainit. Kolak De Eidigdeshimim, Aduatis Nasu. Why are you higher? Because we need Giluyim to reveal. You can't start saying that the, the Guf and Nefesh Abamis has a shaders that's higher than Nefesh Alekis, so we should follow our Guf and Nefesh Abamis. Of course not. You need the Teda, it's like it's Chassidah says, that Shuvah is higher than Teda, but you need Teda to Megala what Shuvah is. So you need the Giluyim, you need Zoh, the Hu Yimshabach, to be Megala, the Mila of Malchus. So, ironically, the sun ends up being Megala what the Mila of the Levana is. And that's why the Ebershah says, Havia like Kapara. It was all meant to be. Because now I, I want Malchus to be elevated. I want the Levana to come back to its full glory. But it has to come through your Aveda, through your Karban, through your Kiruv, through your Aveda, Mamata Lamaila. So essentially, Aveda Sa'odam, in the language of Chsidis, is the Tikkun of Malchus. And Aliyah Sa'malchus is to take the, the, the Yesh of this world. And on one hand, is Mushrish in the highest levels. <coughs> Just like the Isha is, high, is Mushrish higher than Zah. Malchus goes straight to Keser and all the way up to the highest levels. And Megal that Kayach, and that's why we say that loss is loving the Kavit to save of Gavar, that the feminine energy will be stronger than the masculine. What means stronger? Not necessarily physically stronger. It means you'll be Megal, it's power, that the power of Helam is deeper than the power of Gili. That's Lassid Lovik. Chassidus, the language of Chassidus, the Gili of the Helama Atzmi. So, I know it's a very big topic. I'm trying to sum it up briefly. But this is, you'll find in so many Maimorim. You go back now to the Maimorim, you learn about Malchus, you'll see how it's such a Yisod in this concept. You see, Aliyah HaMalchus, Eishas Chayel HaTeres Baila. What does it all mean? It's referring to exactly this. So when we say that we're at the threshold of Geula, and the Mashiach is about to come, that's the language that we see the Rebbe uses. Eishas chayla teres baila, nikevet to save of gover. That what? That the b'schus noshem said, konyis niglu avesenu mitzrayim, and also in this gula, asida. Why? Because it's malchus that has this power. So on one hand, it's a makabal. And the chadchila makabola looks like a hella. But the truth is, in it lies far greater power that's rooted in the hella ma'atzmi, because ultimately, atzmus is more connected to, is more revealed through Helam than through Gili. Yoshesh, Cheshach, Sisrei. Giluyim are Megala, the Gili of Elikus. But, uh, but, uh, but Helam and uh, the Kudah Basmelech Prim is Megala, the Etzim of Elikus. And that's a far higher level. So at the end of the day, what we want to, of course, have is a Chibur of Yichud Shimshe Vesira, which is Yichud of Giluyim and Etzim, the Giluyim of Shemesh and Zoh, and the Etzim of Malchus, and to have both in the best of both worlds. That's the ultimate goal. 
So ultimately, the goal is to transform Tishabov, which is lacking a weakness in Malchus, it's lacking the number 10. But Chamisha Osirbov, which is when you have Yichud Shimsha Vesira, full moon, that the moon is completely reflecting. And that, as he explains there in Ayim Beis, in the beginning of Cheli Gimel, that then will come an eighth level, which is even higher than the seven levels, that the Levona will be higher than the, 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 than the sun, and will actually be into it. Like the example that today, the Neshama gives life to the body. And the body will give life to the Neshama, because of the shaders that it has, and the etzim that's higher than Gilui. So this is in the macrocosm, somewhat what Malchus, the role of Malchus is, and essentially the role of what Aravedic, because Aknesis is role. We are Daimon Levona. So when we do Aveda, this is exactly what we can accomplish. So, the, the, so even though Neshamas of Igvis and the Meshicha may not be the highest level of Neshamas, but it's Dafke that Moshe was an honor for which Neshamas, for the Neshamas of the lowest level of Akvayim, the Akvayim, the heel. Because the heel is able to reach the highest levels of the Etzim. So that's hopefully I did a little justice to this uh, big topic, and also fitting to uh, Tishabov and the days we're in, and maybe Yavchiyom Mel, Sasnam Simchom Meidim Tevim. And uh, enjoy your vacation. As the Rebbe says, it's not vacation because it's not vacating. It's just vacating from Gashmis in order to do more Ruchnis. I, I, I know I don't have to remind you of that, but I uh, just felt I'd say that. Okay, so we should all have a meaningful Tishabov and may it become a Mayid Gadol with the coming Mashiach. Yehovah, as I said, Yom Mel, the Sosna Simcha, the Mayid Be well. See you.